Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer and episode 20 of the Speaking Club podcast. Do you know the talent shortage has got so bad, my HR friend was telling me she was thinking of hiring a zombie journalist. She said it was because they were good at picking people's brains. I said that may be so, but their features are all over the place and they're rubbish at making deadlines. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So... If you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Welcome to the show. Now, this month, we're all about raising your profile and getting more speaking opportunities. And for this first episode, I had the pleasure of talking to Jo Smythe. Now, Jo's got a background in journalism, but today she runs her own PR company called Wordworker. And we cover like loads of ground in a very short space of time. And there's some great stuff, including things like everything you need to know about writing a great press release. Why getting editorial in a news outlet is one of the best forms of social proof and how you can use surveys to get good PR. Oh, and also, if you're in a crisis situation, how you should handle a journalist. This has got to be one of my favourite interviews. I mean, I love all my guests, but Jo, she, well, she's refreshingly candid, as well as being very funny. And I know you're going to enjoy this. From hard-nosed journalist, news editor, freelance features writer, to PR consultant, now guest on the Speaking Club podcast, welcome Jo Smythe. Hello. Hello. <laughs> now, I've got a lot to ask you about PR. But before we get into the specifics of that, I just wanted to ask you about life as a hard-nosed journalist. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, there's films out now, like The Post. There's yes. A, there's a play called Ink, which is all about, um, what's his face? The one that owns The, the Sun. can't remember his oh, name. Murdoch. Murdoch. That's exactly yeah. right, Murdoch. And, yeah. and all the scandals. And I know we just get the impression that journalism is like a macho, cutthroat, morally questionable adventure. Is oh, that what it was really like? God, no, no. I, I start off my journalistic life writing um, golden weddings and <laughs> debates and parish magazines and council meetings. So there's a lot of sitting through some fairly um, dull stuff to try and get a good story and a good angle. And 99% of it is really just like, you know, I, I was a local news reporter and news editor and it's local news and it's what people wanted to read about, what's happening down their street, what's happening in their town. But then you get a big story and all the uh, national media come swooping in and shove you out the side. But actually that is when your local contacts can come in quite handy because, you know, if you've got good local contacts, they like you and they don't really like these big national press people coming in. So, so you can get the off. scoop. You get the scoop. Like you. you can. Yeah, you can. So what I got a, t- a question for you. What's more important to a journalist, the truth or the story? Oh, Sarah, <laughs> that's unfair. I think clearly they are one and the same thing. It's got to be truthful, hasn't it? It's got to be truthful. I mean, you can have a you can have an angle on things and you can 
to a degree spin things and probably that happens more in my PR world than with journalism but you report I think you're reporting the truth you are reporting the truth and you have to have both sides to it and you'll and you have to have a balanced piece now whether that comes across effectively or not I don't know but um, yeah that's the idea got to be truthful brilliant i love that answer but the thing is today it's getting to the point where journalism is like science though because the the, the with all this sort of fake news business and facts seem to change from one minute to the next it's hard to work out what's reality and what's fiction i mean what's your take on that whole fake news proposition oh i think it's awful isn't it really and and i think this has been it's so much easier to get away with fake, fake news in in our era of social media you know when you just got your news from your local paper or your national paper, or the papers, you know they had a political slant, of course, you know, the Daily Mail has a very, very clear slant, and the Guardian has a very, very clear slant, and they're poles apart, but you like to think, on the whole, it's basis of truthful and fact reporting, and if they make mistakes, there's a, there's a, you know, the press commission that will hold them up, and they have to put corrections in, but with social media, there's no, there's no, there's no checking, there's no quality control. Donald Trump can stick out what he likes and people have read that and they may not watch the news later to find out it was a load of baloney that he was saying. I read a, a story this morning about some people who put a video together to, talk, to show a mugging or something and it was a fake video to show up bad policing. But it was just completely fake. Yeah, that is hard. People will see that video and, and take it as gospel and actually that wasn't the, the point of it at all, you know. So anyway... There there we go. Go. But enough of that, enough of that. Let's move on to, to other stuff, which is, which is more relevant for speakers. Okay, so yes, the, the other thing that confuses me sometimes is what's the difference between PR and marketing? Yeah, it, it is a confusing issue. And, and I, it's understandable that people do get confused because I, I think PR is part of marketing. So the way I think of it is marketing is a big catch-all term for everything you do to promote your your business or yourself if you're an, an individual so it can cover everything from your actual paid for adverts you might put in it might be telemarketing campaign if that's the sort of thing you do it's all your social media your tweets your linkedin posts and everything pr is part of it and pr is more manipulating um the, the the media to try and get some coverage which gives you kind of third party endorsement so that's the the area that i that i cover off but it's a it's a very loose terminology and a lot of people that say they do pr will do a bit of marketing like i do a lot of people do marketing will do perhaps a bit of pr um so it's i think pr is a, a, a an important part of marketing but that's how i i distinguish it so how did you come to go from journalism into pr Oh, well, actually, that was children, really. That was family life that got in the way. I was quite happy being um, a news editor and doing my sub-editing role. But then I had my second daughter and childcare was too expensive for two of them. <laughs> Even in part-time, I think I would have been in, in a deficit. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so I, I left journalism after my second daughter and she's now uh, coming up for 21. Well, she's, yeah, she's 21 this year. So that's how long ago that was. And then I th- then I got into freelancing. So I actually hadn't left journalism, but I, I became a freelancer. I did lots of magazine writing. I wrote lots of stuff for the likes of Prima magazine. I'm not even sure if that's still going, actually. I did a lot of stuff for them and baby magazines, parenting magazines, because I knew quite a lot about that as I had two young children um, or didn't know much about it, depending on how you look <laughs> at it, really. Uh, so that was my 
next stage in journalism. So I did that for a little while and then I sort of fell into PR really, as a lot of journalists do. A friend of mine, a former colleague of mine, was running the PR comms department at Great Western, the train company. She needed some help because there was only her and it's a big company, as you know, thousands of employees. So I went to help her just on a part-time basis and that's kind of how I did it really. So corporate PR, bit of agency PR and then then me out on my own PR. So I noticed, you know, I guess, I guess that company had one of these and I noticed that on your website you talk about a PR plan. So what, what is a PR plan and who needs one? I think um, everyone needs one if you want to get some publicity. PR plan is a bit more of an organised pro- approach to getting, getting some good coverage. So if you have a, something great going on in your business and you think, well, send a press release off about that and you send a press release off and it's covered, that's all lovely, fine and dandy. But the expression yesterday's chip paper springs to mind. It's published once. Handily, things stick around online now, of course, which they didn't used to. But um, if you do it, do it just just once, it's it's almost not really worth it because you've got to keep you've got to keep momentum going. You've got to keep your your profile out there. You've got to keep sort of doing stuff that gets you noticed. And then gradually, it's a drip drip effect of of raising your profile through sending out press releases, through all your social media posts, through all the sorts of good stuff you're doing that people are hearing about and then they kind of get to know about you and think well I'll, I'll use those guys rather than whoever it is down the road that isn't so interesting. I was I was listening to a speaker the other day and he was talking about the fact that he targets um, speaking gigs which have publications yeah. so he gets the publicity so he does his talk and then he gets the publicity from their magazine. You know, maybe they've got a podcast, I don't know, all that stuff. Is that a good strategy? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, the more, the, you know, the more coverage you get, the better. And there is a saying that, you know, all publicity is good publicity. I'm not entirely sure that's true. But basically, if you, if you can get your, if you get your name out there in the more places, the better. Having said that, you don't want to be scattergun. And part of your PR plan and PR strategy is to think, well, who do I want to reach? Where are they? Have your marketing type avatar i'm appealing to um other businesses in this particular niche i'm appealing to consumers that you know these kind of age people this is the sort of thing thing they're reading and get yourself out there like that so so be strategic in where you get your publicity because if you're selling gardening tools well it might might be lovely to appear in um, a baby magazine and you never know those people with children are also gardening it's just not quite so specific so so try and hone it down to where your audience is and get in front of them that way and with your example sarah the speaker he the 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 publications that are going to come out of this um conference are going to be tailored to the people that go to the conference to the gig so actually they've seen him already and you know they might sort of they're going to be read by other people who might want to book speakers so it's you know it's a really good strategy Brilliant. And and what do you think is more important, print media or social media, or isn't it an either or? Oh, I don't think it's an either or. I'm not, I'm I'm a fan of print media, but I'm I'm an old hack who, you know, when I started doing page designing, we had just we just about got computers into our office. In fact, I think when I started, we it was on typewriters. Then we got computers in, but we had to share, and they weren't on our desk. They were down one end of the newsroom, so we had to go down to the end to another desk to write our story. Well, now of course you know the world of online has, has, has taken over, but don't forget your print media because it's still there, and it's not. We say print, but actually it's all online. Some of the 
national news sites are still free, like The Guardian, some you pay for and subscribe for, like The Times and The Telegraph and that. Um, but your local news is still online. And, and, you know, if you can get some coverage there, it just supports that social media stuff you're doing. Because the difference, I think, between getting published in a third party as editorial is you're getting that third party endorsement. If you sent out a tweet, you sent out a LinkedIn update, you put a Facebook post up, up, great, but you've kind of written it yourself. You have written it yourself, actually. So you're kind of, it's a bit like an advert, you're saying, I'm great. Get that third party um, endorsement. Somebody else is effectively saying you're great in a way. So it's, it's like building social proof effectively. Yes, absolutely. Building social proof. Yes, definitely. Cool. Okay. And, and so what makes a good story? Because, I mean, you and I have talked about this in the past. You know, I, I think I'm good at some things, but PR, I'm, I think I'm tragic at myself. But, <laughs> what, you know, what sort of things should, you know, speakers or entrepreneurs or business owners be picking out to, to sort of do a press release about what makes a good story? Okay, well, um, that's a very good question because I think a lot of people, when they send a press release off, if they think of doing it, they, they make the mistake of, you know, perhaps writing about themselves, we're a fantastic company because, well, that to me screams advert. And so a journalist on the receiving end of that, a, a busy news editor or a reporter or a features editor is going to think, well, that's not a story. And, you know, in, in old fashioned parlance, they would spike it. They, they put it on their spike, they wouldn't use it. You need to have a really good angle to get your story in. So it could be something um, like you could be recruiting new staff. If you've just taken on 10 people, 20 people, expanding, your business is expanding. If you're relocating to bigger premises, you might have a fantastic new product that's about to go go mad that answers the is a solution to you know third world debt but that was a cracking tale anything with that really good hook that angle on it and you kick off your press release with that that's your intro the most important information is in your intro and then thereafter as you write your press release you can feed in all the other information you put in some nice quotes from yourself so you can big yourself up in quotes um send a nice picture and that, that that's it really good good angle and a good photo and then fingers crossed you should get some coverage and is it is it about networking as well because you mentioned about you know you getting the scoop when the national media swooped in it, is it about who you know as well but it does help actually and i you know i i, I tend to I, I work i'm in wiltshire so my links are generally with the local press and I know them either personally or I just send them good stories and they know the stuff I send them is going to be good and I'll give it coverage if you have those contacts that's great so if you're a business thinking about trying to get some coverage in their local press or their trade press which is quite important if you can build some relationships with journalists you don't necessarily have to get on first name terms but if you've got personal email for them rather than sending off an info at or filling in an online form you're more likely to get a bit of um, a bit of traction with them definitely I guess that's where people like you come in, obviously from the, the copy aspect and making sure that the press release is structured right and is sort of written in a way that gets attention. But it is also leveraging your contacts, isn't it? That's, that's part of what service you provide, I guess. Yeah, it's de definitely contacts, but also the knowledge of how to, to get those contacts, how to find the right um, news outlets to send the press release to and how to sort of um, follow it up and try and be a bit persuasive to get them to publish it so yeah it's, it's it's writing it knowing the good angle and and powers of persuasion to get them to run the story oh, i see so give me an example what would be 
you know, how, what sort of mean by powers of persuasion? Is it just about being persistent, knowing how often to follow up and all that good stuff? I think, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't overdo it because uh, that can be annoying. So if you send off a press release and it doesn't get covered and you maybe give them a call and say you're going to run this, that'd be fine. Don't keep pestering because clearly they've decided for whatever reason it's not relevant or worthy or they didn't have space. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't... I wouldn't I wouldn't overkill on the on the follow up with it, but just you know a quick call to say did you get it? Are you going to use it? Is no harm because as we know we all get hundreds of emails every day and things can get missed. So um, another thing I would do is if you're emailing off a press release, I would be inclined to put the copy in the body of the email, not as an attachment, so it doesn't get caught as spam filters. And perhaps if you're sending a photo as an attachment and the good photos are you know a, a really necessary to get your uh, release published don't necessarily attach the, the photo perhaps put a, like a little image of it in the press release and say you know full high res photo available that kind of thing just to make sure make sure it's got through in the first place brilliant They're really good tips there and then there's online um big press like forbes and inc and huffington post and all of that good stuff are they good avenues for people to pursue for pr purposes I think they are, but I mean, it's it's so competitive. I mean, getting stuff in, in, in the nationals and big places like that is very difficult because you've got to have a really cracking tail. But th there is the blogging side, and I think the Huffington Post is invariably looking for bloggers. So um, you could think of perhaps that avenue. And again, it's another way of raising raising your profile. So what's what's is, is a blog a different animal to a press release? I mean, I I, I mean, obviously it is, but. Do you try and get some of the same things though in a blog as a press release? Would you say? Yeah, I'm I, I naturally, you know, I've, I've heard somebody say you, you write one piece of copy and you cut, can cut it several hundred ways. So if you write your press release, you're writing that, I would write it a bit like a news story. You'd write it in the third person as if it would be appearing in a newspaper. So it's about this company with quotes from yourselves. If you write a blog, it's much more personal. It talks about I, it talks about we, but you can use the same story. Um, so you can use a press release, you can adapt it into a blog, you can chop it down and put it into social media posts. So um, yeah, press release. So even if it doesn't get covered, it's not going to be wasted. You can still use that copy for your own website or your LinkedIn posts or whatever. And how difficult is it to get through to journalists these days or places, you know, like the Huffington Post? Do you, is there a lot of gateways that people need to go through or is there any shortcuts that you can let people know about? I think it is hard. I mean, if you've got email addresses, that's always helpful. There are online resources that PR people like me can use, but you have to subscribe to them where journalists will put up. Um, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z to support my, my story that I'm researching. That's handy. But that's, that's, that's an expense that I don't think your average company would want to go to. So really looking on, if you've got a publication in mind, look on their website, look for their contact details, look for their phone number, give them a ring, say, have you got a features editor? Have you got a news editor? Who can I send my press releases to? Um, and get a specific email address if you can. And what, and what about, I'm thinking about places like LinkedIn, which is kind of, in some ways, like a bit more of a magazine because you've got sort of Twitter, which is, your, you know, t small bite sized chunks. And then you've got LinkedIn, which are more have more articles. Is that a good place as well? Is that kind of more f for this sort of longer form PR type approach? Yeah, LinkedIn is great, actually, because you can use your blogs, you can use your press releases and post them up there on your profile. Um, 
it's I don't I think LinkedIn is social media rather than your traditional media because it's people posting their own stuff rather than um, third party editorial control as it were so that's the difference to me but it's all it's all valuable to say you know the more publicity you can get out there and build your following on LinkedIn and just as you would do that on your Facebook to get your page likes and you would on Twitter to get your um, get your followers there. Brilliant. Now I know I know you've given your expertise away to some good causes, and there was a I think I read on your website a case study of fourteen year old girl that was yeah. going to miss out on a motorbike championship, and then and then you stepped in. And what was your strategy there to sort of get? She needed funding, I think. What, yeah, you know, what was your approach? Oh, she was lovely actually, and this was a, going go back a few years. It, it was a, she was a jet skier rather than oh, a motorbike. Right. So motorbikes are water, Sarah. No, she needed some funding <laughs> to get to the world to get to the world championship. She's a local girl. Her dad used to come to our networking group, and I said, "Well, I can help," because I was pretty sure it had all the ingredients of a good of a good of a good tale, didn't it? Really, young girl um, needs to get world championships. It's not just your local, you know, meet at the water park or anything. So we managed to get the BBC along. Um, so we got her there. Their jets on a jet ski on dry land so it's a nice photo opportunity so she got some coverage there she got on the local bbc news and also actually um we got her on radio too because at the time simon mayo i don't know if he still is they used to do a unusual sports slot of the week so actually i just got on that literally by going on the website and filling in the form saying you'd really like to cover um this particular girl with her with her jet ski so we got some coverage there and she did get a bit of sponsorship for it and got there so smashing job done I was really pleased so and that's the kind of thing that people can do for themselves so let's say you know that your speakers often have books coming out or I don't know maybe they're doing a sort of cutting edge talk on something like that that would be a similar similar approach try and look at all different out media outlets to to go for is that is that a good strategy yeah definitely I mean you know write write your big list of way of where you want to be in if you're wherever you live you've got local press so if you're in Swindon you've got the you've got the advert if you're up in Gloucester you've got the citizen and the echo think of your local press think of your trade press so whatever your um sector you're in will have trade press try and get in there think think wider think you know listen to your radio listen to your local radio see what sort of slots they have because okay you might not have a, a, a newsy angle story but you might just fit into some some sort of feature that's been running a bit like um sophie with the, with the jet skiing thing your trade press might do um it will almost certainly have um, an idea of what its features are for every edition that's coming up throughout the year. So you can have a look online, see what their features are. And if you fit into there as an expert, you could offer some expert tips and things. So there's lots of different ways you can, you can get some publicity. Brilliant. Brilliant. So for speakers and business owners and entrepreneurs, besides hiring you, what would be your top tips for a PR strategy? Is it audience first? Yeah, definitely audience first. And for a speaker, actually, you know, you kind of got two angles. You've got your business angle because you have your business, but there's also you as a person. So you have your own backstory and that can fit in really quite nicely to a particular magazine. Um, I, I can't think of anything particular off the top of my head, but it's just an extra an extra angle that you, you could you could explore. Brilliant. OK, cool. And so I guess this, this, the storytelling angle, the hook, the attention, knowing your audience. And, and I guess, you know, we've talked about hiring someone like you. What would someone like you be able to do for a speaker or a business to, to get that acceleration? You know, I, I, what do you bring to the table? 
Okay, now it's a, it's a fair comment because exactly people could actually do it themselves and they and, and they often do. I think my um, help I would bring is because I was a journalist, I kind of know what they're going to be looking for instinctively and I know how to write instinctively to fit their particular publication. And I'm saying publication, but we're talking about online, whatever their, whatever their um, you know, format is, I would sort of know how to do that to fit in because things do get wasted. People send off press releases and they will bury their, the really exciting bit of news in the 20th paragraph on the third page. So really, if you're going to send a press release, this goes back to get the most important, exciting bit right at the top. Don't make it too long. If you were still typing it out, have it on one side of A4 if you possibly can. Include contact details. Please put all the information, the who, what, where, when, why, how, um, and put that good picture in with it as well. So I, what I bring to the table, I think, is, is, the, is the writing quality, the contacts, or the knowing how to find the contacts. But you can do it yourselves. And please do it, do it yourselves. People think of marketing and they'll think, well, I'll put an advert in, but this is different. This is editorial. This is getting something, something published for free. I think the other thing that you do, I think, you know, I mentioned that I, I don't think I'm particularly good at PR. And I think a lot of people get, they lose objectivity on their own business or what they're doing and don't really see what they do as newsworthy. And I think having a, a completely objective third party person to look at what you're doing and say, actually, that would be you know, a good story. That's also something that you, you could bring to the table, because I do think we lose sight of our own, yeah. you know, achievements and things that people want to know about is that is that fair yeah absolutely I mean I'm as guilty as that as, as an ex-man I'm absolutely rubbish about doing my own, own PR but I do it for other people because I sit down with my clients and find out what's going on and it happens on a regular basis that we'll be chatting and something will come out of the conversation I'll say well that's a really nice little story that you've got going there I mean I had a case last week of a client who's up in Stroud um talking to one of the managers actually not the director who's my normal point of contact and they've apparently been asked to um, participate in some national research into a particular health condition now it's cracking it's great for them because it's a really valuable piece of research they'll be involved in but that's a lovely news angle that this company in Gloucester is taking part or Gloucestershire rather is taking part in this national research you think what a good tale that is really so if we can get that published out there um, locally and perhaps in their trade press as well because they're in the social care sector that's great people read that thing oh, what smashing company they are perhaps I'll send my granny to them to be looked after all that stuff stays online so when people are looking them up they'll get their website but they'll get these links to these stories in which they're featuring doing all this good stuff really um, so it's all part of their building their credentials is is SEO a factor in PR and press releases and, and articles and stuff as well I think well I would say yes and no it's not something I specifically think about um SEO is very important when you're posting on your own website for, for your blogs you want to get your keywords in etc although I think Google is much more interested in quality copy now than stuffing or overstuffing copy with keywords when I'm doing press releases I'm sending it off to journalists I want them to see it for the value for what it is so it doesn't occur to me to put keywords in there because in any event it's out of my control once i've sent a press release to somebody they pick it up they put it on the website they can rewrite that if they want to because it's editorial i'm not paying them to put it in there as i presented it now i like to think they don't rewrite it and i'll be honest they tend not to rewrite it it might be a bit of tweaking because i'm a journalist and i've written it how they want it so going back to one of your previous questions about why people can people do it themselves again in write it well because you send off something and you might not recognize it 
when it's actually published because they've had to do a real hash job on it because what they received in the first instance wasn't let us say fit for purpose so it could be really newsworthy but it could be a rubbish read and they're just going to say like we need to do something with that then exactly yeah i mean absolutely so it goes back to to getting writing really well and getting all the information i had um lunch the other week with a, a former colleague of mine who's a local local editor i won't name him and shame him but he he has quite a chuckle at the states of the press releases that come into them and he quite often sends them to me he says look at this one joe and this one came from a pr agency <laughs> so um so there, there is there i like to think there's a bit of skillage involved in it sarah <laughs> a bit of skillage, bit of skillage. <laughs> that's not a word don't put that in your press release <laughs> I like it though. That is quite a cool word, skillage. Yeah, skillage. <laughs> Excellent. And, and, and we're we're laughing. I think does humour play a part? Can you? Is it is it advisable to to get a funny angle into your press releases or articles? What do you oh, think? Yeah, yeah I, I definitely think so. I mean, anything that makes it eye catching. Um, they, they like people's stories, so people's stories are quite often funny, aren't they? Really, so a funny angle. I'm mean, not, you know, the best. I've, I've had to flick through the paper today, and the story that stuck out to me today was the fact that Thomas Cook are now going to let people book their sun lounges when they go on holiday. <laughs> and I thought that's a cracking tale because we all have this joke, don't we, about the you know people of certain nationalities bagging the sun lounges, and apparently now you can pre-book them. And good old Thomas Cook is going to charge about twenty-five quid per sun lounger, and you no. can have, you can have a map you can have a map and you can see where they are and you can also see where the sun lounges are in relation to how the sun is and how it's going to be moving so before you go off to you know magaluf you can pick you can pick your sun lounger and pay for it oh my god! isn't goodness. that a cracking tale so i don't know what was on the front of the times today but that's <laughs> one that, that, that i remember and that's the sort of thing that's going to pop up on something like have i got news for you in one of their questions because it's just such a funny one Oh, really? definitely. God, you'll be paying for your air you breathe on an aeroplane. Exactly, thing. I know. It's I know. outrageous. Oh, don't get me started on all the bags <laughs> and cabin bags. No, I know you love that. Yeah, Brian oh, Ed's going to charge going to charge you to take your pull along on the <laughs> now, but that's a bit of a personal irritation of mine. It is. You know, the, the thing that bothers me, though, is they have these rules and uh, they don't follow them themselves. I absolutely follow the rule to the letter because, you know, I had a panic about things getting left behind and then you go through and there's people walking around with big suitcases i know i was just like what i know mind you i have also had the pleasure of seeing somebody turned away at the gate and made to take everything out of her bag and like <laughs> either chuck it in the bin or put it in someone else's bag because it didn't let her through and i thought yes exactly i think it's a, a british uh, well i don't know if it's british but that fair play thing is Absolutely. like well if you're gonna yeah. put a rule apply yeah, it to I've everyone got my, i've got my tiny bag why haven't you <laughs> exactly anyway. oh, so there, there we go so thomas cook and sunlounge is thomas cook and sunlounge, yeah but great for thomas cook they're on page three of the times today good advert wow. for them isn't it wow well not as the case would be it'll irritate the hell out of people that they've got that they can but pay to put their sun lounges but on the other hand nice bit of pr for them and actually you see these all the time these these kind of slightly spoof pr well not spoofy but they're they're things that come out that um essentially an advert for a couple well, an advert a piece of editorial for a company they they all the time they do surveys actually this is daily mail's great for running surveys one that stuck in my mind was um a survey that came out saying the em emojis were the fastest growing language and it was a great, great story, and it got picked up everywhere. Um, and it was actually um, based on a piece of research that was carried out by um, Talk Talk. So it's good, but good, good plug for Talk Talk, wasn't it? Really. So Talk Talk got the names all over the place just by doing this um, 
this survey, clearly they paid a bit of money for it, but what they got back in PR and spe- came in came in spades, really. Brilliant. And I, I just reminded me of something else on your on your website. You know, one of the services that you do offer as a you know as a professional PR consultant was is like crisis management, damage yeah. limitation, which we haven't talked about. So, I mean, what would you be if if you were Harvey Weinstein's PR consultant? What would you be doing now? I, I don't think I'd have ever have taken that job. I don't know. That's just tricky. I was just, you know, keep keep your head down, mate. Is the best that you can do at the minute. But um, and that's not a euphemism, of course. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I have actually, in a, on a more serious note, I have had clients who have had issues. Invariably, it's involving members of staff and court, and they'll come to me and say, "What do I do?" Because so and so has has or hasn't done this but they're going to be in court and it's happened on two or three occasions. And because again, going back to when I was a journalist and I've been a court reporter and I, I know the, the, the roughly the court process um, and what can and can't be published. I can sort of advise clients on what to do then, because of course their worry is that their business's name will become associated with this particular person, this particular misdemeanor. Um, but other things happen, you know, you get bad publicity. Look at old Gerald Rattler with his talking about his decanters were, whatever they were um yeah crap i think crap i think it was his decanters but in in, in, in any way or his jewelry um things things do happen you can do a set about damage limitation my, my my big tip though was if you have a reporter phoning you and demanding a response to something don't slam the phone down on them and don't tell them to get lost or worse take calmly take their they take their details ask what their dead when their deadline is and promise to get back to them with something now even if you only get back to them with we're looking into it or we're we're making inquiries or we're launching inquiries and they get back to them with something because otherwise you just get refused to comment and refused to comment has such overtones to it so and um, be polite to reporters find out their deadline and get, and get back to them oh look at that tip of gold there golden yeah. nuggets <laughs> brilliant so i've got um now obviously we, we're talking about humor now i this is, a, I guess, a little plug. But you were recently on a on a comedy course, weren't you, Jane? I was. <laughs> I was on a comedy course. And and did you find that useful in your business life as well as in your? I don't know if it's been useful in your personal life. But did you did you find that fun and useful? Well, in my personal life, I'm clearly much more hilarious than I used to be. <laughs> and actually, you know, as an aside, it was really, really great fun. And it was it was very good to me to get myself out of my comfort zone. But um, actually, yeah, on a business in a business level, it's true. PR is often outside people's comfort zones. They they like you going back to what you're saying. They don't recognize they've got a good story. They don't think their stories are worthy. Actually, having put myself in you know stood up and done this comedy course thought well maybe I'm worthy and perhaps I'm you know um all right at this it's given me more confidence as a person and in my business and I think actually any business person particularly if you're a sole trader like I am or if you're just in a small team um it, it does give you it, it does give you a huge boost of confidence so you def- definitely do it and it might give you that little push you need to send out your your great PR story and get yourself some coverage Oh, brilliant. That's smashing. Right. Now I've got some standard questions for you. Yeah. Before I do that, have we, is there anything you think we've not covered that people should absolutely know about around PR that maybe we've covered everything, but there's one thing that you haven't, you haven't said, what would that be? Oh, blimey. I've said so much. Um, half of it waffle and some of it relevant, but I think, <laughs> um, don't, don't forget the media when you're thinking about marketing. Don't, 
confuse editorial with advertising and advertorial and if you do you know bite the bullet send off that press release get all the information in and send a really good photo with it they're my top tips i would say brilliant thank you very much for that now i have some standard questions and i don't know the first they're they're about speaking so i'm going to ask you them i don't know how much speaking you've done because i know that you focus on pr but maybe you have if you have what's the best thing speaking's ever done for you uh speaking in public or just opening your mouth and talking to the family speaking in public speaking in public oh well i get so nervous beforehand sarah you know how nervous i get about this and i'm nervous about stalling as well actually afterwards you get a real buzz from having done it and i get i'm proud of myself having done it so it's putting myself uh, into situations i don't like but actually it does me the world of good brilliant and have you had ever had a, a sort of bad experience speaking I don't know. Well, I'll tell you something. I was doing, I was doing a presentation, and bear in mind I'm a copywriter. I wrote Daily Mail up on the whiteboard, and I spelt mail wrong. I put M A L E, and that was just really stupid. But it's just what it's just like a mental block. And so there's my other. Goes back to my other top tip with my copywriting hat on. Read your copy through first. Just check it's not full of typos. Brilliant. I thought there's a lot of jokes there. Daily Mail. Oh, we get. Yeah. Could have a new version oh, yeah, just of the... a bit of wishful thinking on my <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, uh, final question. So there is a book called Think and Grow Rich by a guy called Napoleon Hill. And it's uh, it's a very good book with lots of great stuff for businesses and mindset and all sorts of things. But in it, he has like a, a fantasy mastermind group where he has mentors that he sort of runs things past and says, well, you know, what would they have thought about that? And I wanted to ask you, you could have three people and they could be alive or dead, fictional or non-fictional. Who would you choose to be your three mentors and why? Oh, crikey. Oh, John Humphreys, even though he's clearly paid too much and we all know about that now. <laughs> but I just love him. He's curmudgeonly and he really knows his stuff and he's a cracking journalist. I'd have him. Uh, blimey, who else would I have? I'd probably have my dad, actually. Oh, my late father, he died 20 years ago and I do miss him, but he was a very wise old chap and he worked in publishing. Um, so a little bit related to um, what I do now. And he, he was always full of good advice. Oh, who'd my third person be? Well, I need a woman, obviously. Um, and I can't say Mother Teresa because probably everybody says Mother Teresa. <laughs> no one I yet. You know about PR. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, it could be just queen. Queen. I'm going to have the queen. Oh, oh okay. if she knows something about crisis management and when the proverbial hits the fan, she would. So I'm going to have the Queen, John Humphreys and my dad. Wow, that's brilliant. That's Is that brilliant. right? Yes, very good. That's very good. Smashing. Well, Joe Smythe, um, where can people find out more about what you do if they want to work with you? Um, if they just want to have a chat with you for you to make them laugh as you've done with me? <laughs> where, where would... Where would they find you on the interweb? On the interweb, they will find me at www.wordworker, not woodworker, wordworker.co.uk. <laughs> that's my business name. Brilliant. Okay. And you're on Twitter as well? I'm on Twitter. It's, uh... oh, I can't remember. I think it's Joe underscore wordworker. I wanted to use wordworker, but somebody had nabbed it in 2009 and sent out two tweets and that's it. But Oh, you could buy it off them, maybe. Oh, I could try. I did message them, but didn't reply. But anyway. Oh, probably, you've got a rep now. You've got a rep with that one, so that's fine. Well, I'll put links to those in the show notes. Thank but um, 
thank you very much for your time it's been thank an absolute you. pleasure and uh i will see you again soon oh what great fun thanks sarah well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, Joe shared some great stuff. And I have to say, though, although she did do my Twitter course, she is a very funny lady anyway. But despite that, and having been a journalist, she was absolutely petrified. She was adamant she wasn't going to do the live comedy gig at the end. But she, she did, and she absolutely rocked it. And it's good to know that it's helped her confidence. As ever, thank you for listening to the show. And... Could you do me a favour? Could you leave a rating or review? It would mean a lot to me. I do read them and uh, it will help the show get found. It would be great, uh, a great help. Also, if you have a guest suggestion, let me know via the contact form on my website or on Twitter at SarahArcher15. Coolio. So next week, my guest is Warren Knight. He's an international speaker on digital strategy and a business coach. And he'll be sharing his journey from a professional hip hop dancer to millionaire business guru. And also looking at how speakers can use social media, especially LinkedIn to get more gigs. But that's it. Until next time, you have a wonderful week and do not forget to grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. If you want to discover how to create a killer pitch that makes you or your business stand out from the crowd, then you'll want to grab your copy of my book, Straight to the Top. It will help you clarify your USP, your business story, who your target market is, and what will make them buy. You'll discover how to get the edge on the competition and position your offer for success. You'll also get proven elevator and investor pitch frameworks to use for maximum impact. To get the book for free plus lots of extra bonuses, you just pay shipping and handling, go to standoutpitch.com today.